All right, this uh, segment is called, uh, you can always tell when you played one game. There's a man who played uh, a lot of games and a lot of brilliant games of football. We're going to go back to the very first one. Paul, our guest is Renee Kink. Now, when you say that name, everyone in the world has an immediate picture that comes in. Now, what do you do? You have an immediate picture that comes into your head I was just thinking of this of rampaging bull yes. of a player, and he was. But we're going to go all the way back to his very first game. That's right. Look, I, I must admit to a mistake here, Kev. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and not for the first time. It's a uh, common made mistake too, just quietly. Well, it is. I, I, I let myself off on this one. I rang Renee and said, look, we do a show about making debuts. Can we talk about you making your debut in a book to preliminary final? And he said, no worries, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I Rowan, actually made... Rowan, uh, Rowan Connolly made the same blue on, on my radio program only a number of weeks ago. Is that right? Yeah, so this right. is this sounds like it's a common mistake. Yeah, so, is. Renee, can you enlighten us and the listeners... When was your first game, and, and how often is this mistake made? Well, I've heard it a number of times, but I came down from Ararat in 1973 uh, when I was 16. They came looking for me up at Ararat uh, the year before because I kicked uh, 137 goals in 14 games. A senior level or in the underages? Or? Oh, it's underage, it's under 16. It's on a three-quarter oval if you want to. Yes, okay. You know, put it in context, and I kicked twenty-two fifteen one game, and uh, they came up and said, "I think you can play. We've got to have you down in Melbourne." So I came down the following year, um, and of course, uh, I ended up playing four games uh, when I was sixteen uh, at Collingwood with the likes of Richardson and Thompson, McKenna, etc. And of course, I took Peter McKenna's place in my very first full game. But prior to that, I'd played off the bench against Kevin Murray at Fitzroy uh, late during the season. Might have been late, uh, halfway to late during the season. I came off the bench uh, at Fitzroy and I kicked three goals on him and got dropped the following week. And then I went on and played two more games off the bench, which uh, I don't think I um, was on for very long. And secondly, I don't think I got a kick. But then... uh, I found myself in the preliminary final taking Peter McKenna's place uh, against Dick Clay in 1973. Okay, so this is a common mistake then because your first three games were on the bench, as I I found out today. Yes, they were. I can inform you that when you were only 16, you were very young, uh, we're in number 45, you made your debut in round 19, 1973. Yep. Collingwood defeated Fitzroy by 45 points. Renee King... Renee Kink had four kicks, four marks, two handballs, and kicked two goals. That's two pretty goals, good. Was it? Well, That's... I thought it was three, but anyway, it was two. Uh, it doesn't really matter. No, it does, does, doesn't matter, but the point is um, you, you came off the bench. And the next two games, sorry, you did get dropped. That was round 19. You came back around 21 and 22 on the bench and didn't get on in either game. Or at least oh, if, right. if yeah, you well, did, I, if you yeah. did, you didn't, get, you didn't trouble the statistician. So no, I didn't. That's what happened in those days, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But the, and then I got the uh, the first season game. You know, that was four games when I was sixteen. That's right. Yes. And I think uh, if you look at the record, too, I'm the youngest player ever to play VFL AFL finals as a sixteen year old. There's others that have played played football at sixteen, but not. Uh, I think I'm the youngest AFL VFL player to play uh, finals at sixteen. Uh, can I ask you a question, Renee? There, there are sixteen-year-olds, and there are sixteen-year-olds. Were you a were you a man sixteen-year-old, or were you a boy sixteen-year-old? Because I'm I'm thinking, oh, probably you were the man. I think I, think I was uh, a boy in some regards, but I also um, the way I was 
you know, built and, and, and going forward uh, with my career, uh, I turned in my man pretty quickly. So how big how big were you at sixteen, Renee? Do you remember how what you weighed, for example, and how tall you were? Uh, yeah, look, I was I was around the 90, 80, 85 to ninety kilos, mm. uh, give or take. And then, of course, when I when I got because uh, um, I, I I did a lot of weights very young in my football career mm-hmm. uh, because I believed in them and uh, something I liked and uh, and. Uh, yeah, so so I, I climbed around 100, 510 kilos. I played most of my career at that, uh, and always always remember that muscles heavier than fat, so um, <laughs> uh, good, bad, or indifferent. So, uh, and also we didn't have a great understanding uh, back in our day about physiology with with footballers. Um, no. Very few people did. Ray Mooney at Collingwood did understand that a little bit, and that's why. Time and time again, he said, "Look at the black athletes uh, in the world. You know, they're, they're all heavily muscled, um, heavily boned, and they and they run." That's right. Okay. Well, just let's just go back to the, four, the that first game. Do you remember what time, at what stage of the game would you have come on against in that match against Fitzroy? Do you remember? Like... Uh, I think it was around half time. Right. And yeah, and, and I was I, I was led to believe I kicked three goals, but maybe it was only two based on what the stats have put down. But, that's right. That, that, yeah. It's it's not important. Do you remember the circumstances of you coming on? Because sometimes you know. Oh, not really. It was at the junction oval, and uh, I was on the bench, and uh, you know they know I could play forward, and uh, and I went straight to the centre half forward on Kevin Morris, uh, Kevin Murray, and um, and that's how the game ended up. I think we won the game. Like, as I said, it shows I kicked a couple of goals and. Hmm. And um, yeah, I was very calm. I'd be, I remember being comfortable out there, a bit scared, but I was comfortable. Right? You, you, so you weren't. It sounds like you were, certainly weren't overawed. Like if you're sitting on the bench for a half, there's, there's time to stew and time to get nervous. It sounds like, it sounds like you didn't spend the first half being nervous. No, well that's right. But you know, how much can you remember of that? I was only, I was only sixteen, and I, I come <laughs> down from the enough. country, and uh, my first year in Melbourne, like, I was. I was scared of trams. I saw a tram come down. The <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Where, where, where were you living? Like, where did Collingwood put you up when you were well, sixteen? You wouldn't believe it. it was, they put me up in the Clifton Hill Hotel where McDonald's is there in Clifton Hill. Oh, and uh, there's a brothel next there. to it, actually, uh, Renault. But anyway, go yeah, on. they threw me up there in uh, in one of the rooms at the top there, and uh, there was a few Melbourne players come and go and stayed. I think Crackers Keenan stayed there for a very short time, uh, and then there was a few Collingwood recruits that came from different places. Uh, Remember Basil Campbell, who came over from WA? Oh, yes. Um, uh, South Fremantle. Basil Gold, stayed yeah. for a short time, but he couldn't handle Melbourne. That's why he went back. Uh, but look, a lot of that is very wrong because, you know, you're a 16-year-old and you're given a couple of bucks every week to get on the bus and go down Hoddle Street to Melbourne High and, and do your best, and do your best on the weekends, do your own laundry and uh, dry clean your suit and you know, try and find a meal on the weekend somewhere and you're only 16 years of age. Very little support, isn't there? Well, were you pretty, mentored? Were you mentored by any players? Like, I mean, there was some great names. The Richardson boys were there then. Uh, Lenny Thompson was running around. George Bishop was playing at, at Collingwood at that stage. Did anyone take you under their wing, Renee? No, not really. That's, Jack Regan was my sort of uh, legal legal guardian, who was our football secretary. But Jack was getting past the tooth, and uh, really, there was no one that uh, that, that was uh, a, you know, a mentor or someone that took me under their belt to say. This is how we do it in Melbourne, and this is what you should do. No, I, I had to virtually find my own. Just feet, fend for yourself. Find my way, time yeah. and time again, and 
yeah, a lot of that was very, very wrong uh, for a young man coming into a football club. But you, you've got to understand, I'm 16 years in a football club playing senior football at Victoria Park with a social club that's bigger than Quo Vardis, full of people. And you know, I'm walking around. I should be home watching Hey Hey at Saturday. <laughs> I'm 16 and I'm in there partying and drinking beer and you know, I'm, a, I'm a rock and roll star. You know? And you had good hair, Renee. Plenty of it. <laughs> Some other names in that first game. I mean, the good players, George Bissett, who Kev just mentioned, Max Richardson, yeah. Wayne Richardson, Alan Atkinson played very well that day. And the, the most goals was Bob, Bob Hurd. I've never heard him referred to as Bob Hurd, but Lou Richards, with Lou Richards, it was always big Bob Hurd. Oh, right. He kicked four goals. Yeah, that, that, that's the game against Richmond. No, that's against Fitzroy. That's the first oh, game. Oh, right. I, look, I can't remember the scores. I can't remember who kicked goals, uh, but... But it just goes to show the, the names I played with there yeah. when I was 16 and in 1973. And if you tell this story to young boys coming through the system now, like uh, the Stingrays or the Oakley Chargers, they just wouldn't believe no. that uh, you're a young man playing against you know, mountainous men, uh, you know, the Gasometer and Carl Dittrich, and it just goes on and on and on. Mm. A, a very big, strong, tough, resilient footballers. Uh, and as I say, uh, in our era, uh, uh, football was dangerous and sex was safe, and that was very much, <laughs> very much the case. You know, put that on your repertoire. Uh, <laughs> um, you weren't the, Collingwood ne- have never been in the history of the club afraid to play young blokes. And I remember when Mick Malthouse was coaching, three guys uh, made their debut on the one in the one match on a Friday night against Richmond. But you weren't the only player to make a debut in that match. Which you made a debut, Renee. Greg Beck, number fifty-three, made his debut at seventeen. So you were sixteen; he was seventeen. I don't think yeah, he played yeah. very long. Do you remember Greg yeah. Beck? Yeah, oh, very much. So he's over at Richmond, I believe, uh, or has been at Richmond uh, involved there. Okay. Uh, in administration. Oh, in recent there. times, right? Yeah. Uh, Stephen Clifford was another one who was very young. I think he was sixteen or seventeen. Michael Brown in his fourth game. Yeah, yeah. Michael Brown, yeah, Big Brown, he's a ruckman. That's correct. So. Look, there's plenty, but they, they certainly didn't last very long, uh, those mm. guys. All right, now, well, can we skip through to your first full game, the prelim? Yeah. Yep, this is actually my, the first the first game which really lodged in my being as a young... I was six. Okay. As a young man. I was at that yep. game. Royce Hart came on at halftime, kicked two goals in the third quarter, and, and the game changed. And Richmond got yeah, up. Yeah, Collingwood, I Collingwood, think we were six or seven goals up at halftime. Yeah, and, you uh, were well up, yeah. You know, I think Jerker was playing well, and uh, Tomo was playing well in the ruck, if I recall. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, everyone, everyone was playing their role, and, and for some reason, uh, it wasn't the first time it happened to Collingwood, but Royce uh, Hart came on, and all of a sudden Richmond lifted, and we sort of started to take a backward step, and uh, they just slowly overcame us, and, and it wasn't because you know, we were an awful side. It was just because we sort of stood around and started looking at them, and watching them play, and mm. we didn't worry about our own game. You, you actually finished on top that year. Like Collingwood, yeah. Collingwood were the minor premiers, so you, you were the best side at the end of the home and away rounds. Oh, yeah, look, it was there for, it was there for the taking. But, I mean, once again, it was a final where um, you know, our heads uh, just weren't where they should have been. And, mm. and um, you know, we gave that one up too easy. And, and you know... Yeah. 100,000 people. I'll never forget the roar. That's the, it's probably the biggest... No. 
The Collingwood Geelong prelim in 2007 was another yeah. walking into the ground for that one. What was the, what was the crowd that day? Uh, 98,000. It was 98,000, was it? 98,000, yeah. So, uh, Once again, you weren't overawed, Renner. You've kicked three goals as a 16-year-old yeah, in a final. Um, yeah, no, I, believe I, I believe I played a role and, and I helped my own to play and, and kick three goals in Dick Clay and... Uh, uh, any forward who can kick three goals in a preliminary final hasn't done a bad job, I, no, I not believe. No, not at all. Uh, you know, because you, you, you need others to help you to kick goals as well. I've always said that to, uh, like Travis Varko running around. You know, stop running around if you're not going to kick a goal. You know, get off the ground. <laughs> you know, I, I just can't understand forwards these days that play and, and uh, you know, something about assists or something. I don't know. And uh, But, I mean, uh, sc- apparently scores win games. And, uh, that's that's true. players that... I look, particularly Collingwood, but not a hard marker. They just don't kick goals. You're a hard, you are a hard marker. You said. Oh yeah, yeah it's every hard marker. Okay. Well, you know, because because I want players to kick goals, and I mean, I want I want on ballers to kick goals, and those days are just slipping by and by even more. No, no, and, uh, not many goals these days. Not the forwards don't kick many goals these days. That's do what they? I'm saying. The forwards and the on ballers, and uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of looking at scores as we saw, saw the last week when. Uh, the days of 16, 17 aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. How, how does a 16-year-old, how did a 16-year-old boy handle, you know, 100,000 people nearly at the at the MCG, screaming and yelling and all that? I mean, he, you're 16, your, your life experiences by that stage weren't uh, weren't enormous. The boy from, uh, you know, from the bush who'd come down to Melbourne. Uh, and you weren't, uh, do, you, do you remember how you felt when you ran on the ground that day in the prelim final? Yeah, look, you know, I, I, did, a, I did a big promotion that week. I think I did the Herald... Sun, front page, Earl's son, uh, photo. Or... Was it a photo at Melbourne High behind the desk? Every young bloke was pictured at <laughs> Melbourne High in those days. Yeah. No, it was something to do with, I think I had a shotgun or something in my hand looking down the barrel or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't happen these days, Renee. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> if I can, yeah, if I can vaguely remember. But look, I don't know. I, I think I just took it all in uh, uh, and, and sort of just concentrated on... Um, what I had to do, and I was very determined to go out there and uh, certainly kick a goal. And I wasn't going out there just to um, make up the numbers, and uh, and I think that helped me in good stead that that, that I really focused on, and I also uh, was playing on a very very uh, good footballer in Dick Clay, mm-hmm. uh, and I just knew that uh, you know I had to concentrate and, and hold my own, and I think I did. So well, that's how I went about it. Absolutely, definitely did. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, then, uh, obviously, you went on and played, uh, you know, we are talking about your first game, then your first couple of games, but you went on and played 180 games, uh, 181 games uh, through three different clubs. Um, uh, you look at today's footy, and uh, do you enjoy today's football or not, Renee? Oh, I'm probably a bit like you guys. There's certain things that we'd like to enjoy and, and, and do enjoy, but there's so much about the game, unfortunately, where it's unravelled into what it is, and it's a game of, um, you know, squashed up, keeping off type. Uh, That's not a bad description. Bit, um, you know, uh, skills that we're, we're lacking in, in uh, kicking and marking and uh, moving the ball uh, in a way that can, can create contests. Uh, it's all about keepings off, and everything is handball, 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 and um, I'll give it to you as long as you know, my job's done, and uh, you take the responsibility. I, I get a little bit sick of that. Do you go to the footy or do you go to footy functions or not? You no, just... no, I do go to the footy. Uh, yeah, I go to half a dozen games. I go to the Woodsman and I enjoy that. 
Okay. And uh, I'm involved a little bit with the past players each year, trying to organise guest speakers for their end of the year dinner, which which um, you know I like. So at Collingwood, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, we've got a very we've got a very strong past players. We've got over I think 250 registered past players. You mean you said uh, you're a strong footy guy, Renee? Would you would you go to an Essendon past? Man, you played in the grand final for Essendon in '83. Do you ever go to an Essendon past you, players? You day? used some word. What was it called? Something, something Essendon. I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said grand final something as well, but uh, all right. About the northern suburbs uh, team out there's got a red and, and black. Uh, we, <laughs> we don't like them. Okay. And, and there was a particular coach that um, was there for a long time. He was, yes. Yeah, uh, he's not my favourite person. Oh, okay. He was hey, actually I playing that day against... You, were, you weren't aware of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I you suppose... You go back and watch Open Mike with Mike Shane from about five years ago. Right, righto. I didn't see that one, I must admit. I didn't know you had a... No, anyway, another another topic. He was playing that day for Richmond in that prelim, I imagine, in the uh, in the 73 game. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, that man was, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a nonsense question to say. Would you have been? Uh, would would Renee King be? Uh, you know, a, a star in today's game? Would Renee King want to be a star in today's game? The way the game's played, the what the players have to do, the scrutiny they go through. Would you enjoy being a footballer today as much as you enjoyed being a footballer back in the seventies? No, not in, not in the least. I wouldn't like to be a footballer as it is now because exactly what you said: the scrutiny, uh, the way the game's played. Uh, and, you know, as we just saw, uh, which has been very good the last uh, dozen weeks or so, there's none of this uh, pinching or jumper punching or, uh, and I don't know where all that came in and, and when it started, but that was very ugly and uh, I, I couldn't have put up with that and wouldn't put up with that. And uh, I've spoken to many players about uh, that sort of actions and they certainly indicated to me that uh, it wouldn't have happened back in our day. You would have got a warning and... Uh, and, of course, as, as we said, uh, football was dangerous back in our day. Yeah. <laughs> there's, certainly, there's certainly no pinching in your day, Renee, I don't think, was there? No, no, there's no, none of that. And uh, everything was uh, fair and square. And uh, and the wonderful thing about it, if you cop one, and, and we all cop one, uh, it was just great to have a beer with the boys after the game and say, look forward to playing you next time. Hey, Renee, when you played that first game, did you know that you were going to have a career that would go you know, towards the 200-game mark? Or did you think that maybe, OK, I'll get a couple of games and I'll go back and do... I might go back home to the bush or I might get a job in Melbourne or nah, whatever? No, no, no. That wasn't a problem. You know, it was, it was how many games I wanted to play, not not if I was going to play. Yeah. But that was never, never a, you know, I'm going to play 60. I think I'll be only be good enough to play 60 games or two seasons. It's really how long I wanted to play for and... And uh, how much I enjoyed it. And, and, you know, I, I played a lot of football, but at times I really didn't enjoy my football. Just because there's just a lot of things that um, just I didn't... Um, just very plainly at times uh, I just shut shop and I just didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy being out there or being a part of it. And, and uh, unfortunately, when you go through and lose as many grand finals that I did, because I lost seven, including the night one, um, and, and you start at such a young age in your career, um, just there's a lot of things as, as as you get worn down going through your career, mm. and particularly with Tommy, uh, where we had to do the same thing time after time. And in the end, we we turned around to Tommy and said, "Hey, something has to give here, mate. We can't keep doing the same thing. 
uh, year in, year out, uh, unless something changes. And, and that's why Tommy's demise come about. Uh-huh. A player-driven demise, obviously. Oh, very much so. Yeah. 100%. And if anyone tells you any difference, it's bullshit. <laughs> no, we, 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 we made it very clear in a meeting that we had that unless things change, Tommy's got to go. And he wasn't uh, sort of prepared to listen to us, so the committee saved their bacon and uh, got rid of him very quickly. It's sort of almost like the club, the movie being played out in real life. Well, yeah, very much so. Absolutely. That's how it was. And, and uh, we we can't be too wrong in some regards, and God bless Tommy, I love him to death, but, uh, you know, he went to Geelong and got the sack, and he went to the Swans and got the sack. Uh, um you know, to this day, I don't exactly know why he did on both both occasions. Uh, I don't know if you do guys know, but uh, one minute he was there, and next minute they were happy to terminate him. Mm, it certainly didn't work at Geelong. Yeah, no, I think it was. A, I think it was fairly similar, player driven kind of. Uh, had a gut full of uh, that sort of system. I, I want to ask you about about the movie because. Uh, it is such an iconic part. There's Renee Kink. Of, That's what you say every time you see it. It's such an iconic part of the history of the game, uh, albeit, of, you know, and it's a movie that all football lovers adore and adore to watch. Was it fun to make? Did you, did you, did you play up on the set? Did you act like a, you know, a movie star? Or, or what did you have to do? Oh, well, I thought I was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it was fantastic. Um, how lucky were we to, to be able to be introduced to something like that? Uh, I was 19, 20 years of age uh, to play the role of Tanko Donoghue <laughs> and to have uh, you know, um, Jack Thompson, Graham Kennedy, uh, etc., and have a Bruce Berris be your director and, yeah. uh, and to be involved with something which was... Um, as it turned out to be an absolute Australian icon. Well, it's endured, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, you know... You, the more you watch it, if you watch it two or three times, the more you actually enjoy the movie. And, and one, once again, um, the, the young kids of their modern game uh, don't get to see it because it's only on occasionally. And mm. Of course, video shops are gone, so uh, I suppose you can find it if you download it through... through um, uh, YouTube, uh, modern, yep. Yeah, modern media is there, but, uh, but uh, you know, it's like I, I met Jake Stringer the other week and I got introduced to him. I'm just having a bit of a chat, and I went up to my mate who introduced me 20 minutes uh, earlier, and he said he had no idea who you were until I showed him uh, all your highlights on the telephone, and then he sort of mouth dropped, and, and he thought, oh, shit, really, is that him, you know? Oh, wow. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, because he wasn't born when I played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and this is what you get time and time again, but that, that's okay. It's, uh, it's nice when they do understand who you may have been, and and are and and uh, and they give you they give you kudos, which is nice. Well, the segment's called. You can always tell them you played one game. We're changing it now. We're going to change it to. You can always tell them you made one movie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, a, yeah, and a bloody good one too. Actually, I made a little bit of a movie last year with the guy from Australia that's in Hollywood, and he's done a, a film called Mates, and uh, just recently won a couple of awards over in America, and he's trying to find uh, a launching pad for it over here. So stay tuned. Okay. Well, I've just got a very small role in it, which we, we filmed down at the old Brunswick ground. And uh, it was just about you know, kids growing up and uh, being involved uh, oh. in Melbourne and being involved uh, with football and, and so on and so forth. So it was just a, a low-budget thing put together. And, and no one got any money, but uh, 
the good thing about it, I think he's won two different types of awards in two different categories recently in America. Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, you could hear about it. It's called, it's called I think it's called Mates. Uh, who's, who's, the, who's the director, Renato? Oh, look, I, I can't give you that answer at the moment. I, I, have, I have got it somewhere written down, but... Um, A young bloke. Yeah. But, uh, you know... If if it launches, you'll hear about it. So. And okay. Renee, I've got to ask you, what are you what are you doing these days? I think you're involved in swimming pools, aren't you? Yeah, I sell swimming pools for coral pools in the western suburbs. So we're out there in Deer Park, and I go and visit people all in the in the, in the northern western suburbs, and uh, go and quote swimming pools and try and sell a pool to someone. Good on you. Thanks yeah, for your time, Renee. We really appreciate it. Uh, lovely to have a chat. All right, thanks, guys, and uh, hope to catch up again. If the house is rocking. Nobody